such an idiot, Hendrix. Hey, what? You're not an angel. You came to an illegal gambling ring. You think Az and Dave would be pleased about that, Nicolette? Don't turn this back onto me. I should report this to the cops. You can't. Kind of scary. It's dangerous, okay? Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's. Hole at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ, Kate and Bea. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbors Recap Podcast. We overanalyze episodes of the beloved Aussie soap Neighbors. We are in Melbourne in uh, three weeks ahead of the UK because of Channel 5 shenanigans. We are in the mobile part net studios. I've set up shop in what did we decide, Kate, your place was? Uh, I'm. The Motelness Centre. Motelness Centre. And we're actually <laughs> in the outdoor courtyard. Yeah, you've had Puffy come and build you a little back patio. It's lovely. It's pretty zen out here. I mean, you BYO your own mozzie candles, but yeah. Mm. And I'm Vaya. I'm a TV writer who cannot suspend disbelief. Kate walked down the aisle to Angry Anderson's suddenly. I did. And we have oh, a special guest to help navigate the tricky waters that Hendrix is sailing at the moment. Comedian and writer... But also the man behind a very important show about card antics, Sucker. Yes. Lawrence Lung, welcome. Hello, hello. It's great to be here. Um, and it's also great to watch Neighbours tread these murky waters of card <laughs> cheating because I am a massive fan of like con artist movies, poker movies, grifting films, uh, books. Um, I love sleight of hand. I love watching, you know, the montage of every single poker scene. And when I was watching The Queen's Gambit recently, <laughs> all about chess, I was like, the, the editing of some of those chess games is taken straight from poker movies. And now Neighbours doing poker. They're or not mix. poker, Blackjack. Uh, they've they've got their finger great. on the pulse. <laughs> Neighbours has always had their finger on the zeitgeist. <laughs> And I've known Lawrence for a couple of decades now, and even not just for that, when you did that show sucker as a live show, because it's also mm-hmm. a TV show, but um, the live show was sensational. But also at parties, you would just get about with a deck of cards and yeah. just swindle people. Yeah, what a nerd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, there's, there's something about um, doing a, you know a few different sort of card mechanics and stunts uh, in, a, in a legal way, you know, just to show off my chops, uh, <laughs> but I haven't played in casinos. Uh, well, I, neither I, are our protagonists on Neighbours. Yes, I know. Um, and I think that if I went head-to-head against Hendrix or Jay, um, I would probably beat them at cards. I think you'd definitely beat Hendrix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone could beat Hendrix, I think, looking at him. Um, I feel like Jay's been barred from a couple of casinos, though. <laughs> Jay's underage too. What he's the hell's been, he getting on up there in Sydney? He'd be barred from pubs as well. Like, he, there's no way he's getting in. He looks very young. He's a fetus. He's a fetus. <laughs> but the neighbours factor. So we've got the card stuff sorted, Lawrence. Talk more about that shortly. But your background with neighbours. What was your era growing up? Ah, uh, my era would have been, I guess, early nineties, maybe even late eighties. Who? Which characters resonated with you? Um, bouncer. No. <laughs> I'll tell you why, because there weren't very many uh, people of colour, persons of colour. Oh, no. Oh, you know the story. Yes. Oh, no. The Lim family. Oh, no. um, I remember very well, because finally, on Neighbours, on Australian television, we had um, 
Asian people yep. on TV. A yeah, family great. moved into Ramsey Street. Representation. Thought, Jenny wow. Lim. Yep. Yes, Jenny Lim and, and her posse. And I just thought, wow, you know, maybe the writers are getting progressive. This is wonderful. They're showing, holding up a mirror to society, to multicultural Australia. And the plot line was literally um, Bouncer, the dog goes missing, and the neighbours suspect that it might be Mrs. Lim's family no. have eaten the dog because they smelt a barbecue with funny food. That was the plot line back in the what, late 80s, early 90s. Lawrence, a bit of a chasu gao. Yes, yes, barbecue. <laughs> now, Lawrence, we've had, Cantonese there. we've had Lawrence on this podcast, the woman who invented toady. And that's a great claim to fame. Imagine if you were the writer that pitched that story in their story room. Just like, hey, guys, I got it. I got it, guys. <laughs> oh. That was a different year. I feel like apologising for, for, on behalf of like the, the Julie Martins of Melbourne. I, I feel like... I feel like everyone would have had a bit of a laugh in the room yeah. at the otherness of it. Yeah. Um, not realising, you know, almost, you know, one in five people in Sydney, uh, you know, come from a uh, Chinese background. Yeah. Um, you know, and, Chinese people have been in Australia since the gold rush. Yeah. That's, that's what I always say about neighbours. I always feel like it doesn't reflect Melbourne in terms of the amount of Asian people in Melbourne. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, so. It reflects a couple of inner suburbs I used to live in <laughs> that are really white, <laughs> but nowhere else. I mind you that there's no, particularly around here, there's basically no Arabic characters at all. Yeah, Neighbours is making strides, but they're baby strides. Decades later, we had we had Laurie Lee, Michelle Ang. There was a single character, but we also had, we have was now... Was she fully Asian or half Asian? I don't actually know. Tell you what, there has been a lot of um, Eurasian people yeah. on the yeah. show. Yeah. Um, well, there was Aiden, the nurse. Oh, the nurse, yes. Yeah. But I was recently going to reference um, Paul's sons. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was a retcon storyline. <laughs> Paul Robinson has twin Japanese sons. Well, whoa. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. Eurasian. <laughs> Two one. wrongs make a right. Do they, are <laughs> no, they, no, they're doing maths? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's One's a shyster. Uh-huh. The other one, a doctor. Oh, there Let's you see. go. The mum won on at least one of them. So, and we have twin storylines. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, it's um, really tricky because they make they do make strides, but then they don't kind of reference the complexities of characters' backstories. Well, there's, there's been a lot of Eurasian actors in it, and they've not referred to their um, Asian history, or right. Asian yeah. parentage at all. And we have the Rebecca's Toadies uh, in-laws. Dippy and her daughter's Indian background. And when they first joined, there were heaps of references to Diwali and yep. all their um, mm. beliefs. The other, this week, there was a one, like, random reference to karma. Yeah. But hey, guys, look, we, we do know your culture here. Yeah. And three oh. years later. And I think the biggest Japanese reference was towards their bigot grandmother, who whose immortal line was. <laughs> so her, okay, what, David we, came out of the closet. Can we have, look, can we just play Brett Bowman? Turn away from the homosexual lifestyle. And so he, the big line on her deathbed, she said, his grandmother said, Turn away from the homosexual life. Turn away from barbecue dogs as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn away from writing cliches. I did a, um, a stand-up comedy show for the comedy festival a couple of years back, maybe it was, and I played the, the clip, a, a little montage clip of the Lim family yeah. and, and this whole sort of bouncer escapade. 
And the audience were horrified, but laughing out of like, what the hell was that? And I had some young people come up to me after the show. They were like, oh, I love the show. I love that sketch that you showed. <gasps> oh, because no. they, they couldn't, obviously they were too young to know the characters back then, but they thought I'd got actors together to shoot and oh, shot no. a comedy sketch because they could not believe that there'd be a storyline like that on Australian TV. That, to me, says something. And I know that the current production would be cringing and mortified that this is still out there, but also you've got to do more then. Like, it's not enough to just have, um, well, now it's just David. And again, he's half Asian and we've written out, like, Jay's not a permanent character. Kirsch is not around anymore. It's just Yashvi and Dippy. Mm. And if we, if you have more representation, then this other horrible story becomes a distant memory that no one ever digs up. Well, th- that's the thing. There's a lot of people who watched, I only watched Neighbours in, you know, 80s and early 90s, and they, they're they really nostalgic for that era, but mm. it has changed a lot, and it is a lot better now. Like, it's not all yeah. flimsy sets. The fact and- that um, they had the first gay marriage on primetime mm. TV, and they went to Mardi Gras and the float. And yeah, yeah. They- they've, got, they've got a trans actress and yeah. trans character yeah. on the show. And again, there's this a fine line between, okay, we've got this representation, but now we're never going to reference it again. So, yeah, there's a lot that Neighbours does, but I just I don't think that they can sit back and go, ah, we've done it. We're, we're back, guys. We're woke, guys. Yeah, Every, yeah. You know, there's so much more that can yeah. be done. Well, I, I think they've, particularly in terms of the gay storylines, they've really, um, just, that's just a normal part of the show now, isn't yeah. it? That David and Aaron, uh, they're actually having a... Oh man, this is actually a kooky storyline. They're having a baby with their housemate, and who's <laughs> wonderful uh, lesbian. That's yeah. Great. yeah, oh, she's That's a lesbian. Great. Yeah, yeah. There but you go. Um, but she's also a very um, she's that, a shonk as well. She's a shonk. <laughs> what was that line? <laughs> Put the homosexuality aside. What was the line again? Oh, turn away. Turn away. <laughs> yeah, turn away. <laughs> right now, we're going to do neighbours council business. Mm. We'll get back to all of this. Sweetie, it's just business. Couple of items: Patreon.com/slash/neighbourspod. No new patrons, but we did have. Yeah, there were some some things happened on Patreon, hasn't oh, it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Okay. Yes. Yes. First, thank you, Avery, who upped her uh, subscription to to rage level. Wow. Thank you. Thank you from Dr. Carl Level. He's the resident cheapskate. Um, I have been. I finally did my photo shoot. So, Lawrence, I've got a on neighbours last year. Talk about edgy. They had like an OnlyFans storyline. One of the Ooh. characters, uh, and he was hard up for cash and he started a fan dangle. Yeah, well, exactly. He was hard up for cash. <laughs> and so he stripped down and he sat on a cake. He sat with his bare bum on a cake. And, and then other people ate it, unbeknownst that it was bum cake. He said, and he, he didn't come up with a good lie. He's like, I dropped it. So don't eat it. And they're like, it's fine. Oh, brilliant. Anyway, um, I said if someone subscribed at 100 bucks, I'd sit on a cake. Sat on a cake, guys. Did it. I did wow. it. Wow. <laughs> it's really invigorating. So your Patreon is now an OnlyFans. No, but it's, it's tasteful. I did it tastefully. But, <laughs> and um, did you eat it? There wasn't much. I've got to say, there was not much left after oh. Vaya Pashos. <laughs> after Vaya Pashos sits on a cake, uh, the foundations come crumbling down, that bad boy. But uh, it was, there was a moment where I was in my laundry with my dignity on the floor, just yelling out to my best friend, Joe, who took the photos. Lawrence knows her from our comedy days. Just yelling out, can you give me the baby wipes? <laughs> <laughs> um, so no dignity, but I will unveil that photo. Don't know when. We'll see. I've got the photos. I'll just we'll do a big unveiling like, um, like Ned did. Now, Vaya, I've yes. got another proposition for you that yes. may be a Patreon-only content. Okay, Kate. 
So, Helen posted in the council today a photo of a little interview with Nicola Charles. Oh, no. A Trump, she's a Trumper. She's off her rocker. Mm. And I, wow. look, I don't think anybody can deny that. I think it's fact. No, no, it's not we, libel. It's, you know, like... Yeah, no, she's completely cancelled in the neighbours, neighbours community. Yeah. It's basically she was saying that she had had COVID for six weeks and um, the hotline told her to say meaningful goodbyes to her children because she was refusing to go to hospital. And she planned a funeral. And this <laughs> Nicola Charles is going to reveal an autobiography. Getting, it's being released in March. Oh, so this is all a bit to drum up publicity. Indeed. All publicity yeah. is good publicity. So she said Sarah Beaumont would be a big part of the book. And this is a direct quote. Sarah Beaumont better be the whole book. What else have you done, Nick? <laughs> Listen to this quote. I do realise that most of them, her fans, are quite horny males around my age. But they are very, very loyal. Oh. Mm. Mm. So, because you're not going to make me read that book. No, okay. neighbours council people. Nobody wants to pay for anything. Like n- nobody wants to pay for a subscription to a Murdoch newspaper to read this. No. So the screenshots in the council. Facebook I group. suggest, Faya, we somehow source this book from the cheapest possible source. Yeah, I've got a contact. <laughs> yeah, and then we can, um, as Patreon only content, read out excerpts from the book and discuss. Okay, fine. Fine. Oh, it's going to be great. Maybe I'll get you and CJ to do that as a special thing that I don't have to be part of. Because <laughs> um, I found another article where she's laying claim to writing the whole storyline about Dr. Carl and oh, Sarah Beaumont. Oh, come off it. They didn't even finish that storyline until 20 years later where they retconned it that they did the deed. But can I give a, an early citizen of the week to Lana, played by Bridget Naval, who tweeted, Nicola just, you know, tweeted some tripe. that I've got her on mute so I couldn't really see it. Just some pro-Trump malarkey. And then Bridget just quotes this tweet and goes, shut up, Sarah. You never deserve Dr. Carl. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks, Holly, who joined the Neighbours Council, listens to the podcast when I'm supposed to be working and in bed. Neighbours Council, that's where we're hanging out most of the time. Now, pleasure doing business with you. We're going to talk about deep dive into Monday, the 4th of January, 2021. This is, oh man, Hendrix. Bet the house. He bet the Brendan or Castle, Castle Grace on. He doesn't own it. This is just, you know what? You know what you say to Kane? You say, oh, sorry, sucked in. I don't even own this place. Stick yeah, it I up your ass, pal. I don't own it. I don't have the deed to the property. I, I don't know what a deed is. I don't. <laughs> I just own the chain around my neck. I could give you the chain. How has he not been to bloody, you know, cash for gold for that thing? <laughs> oh, Yeah. So back it up here. Now, we just showed Lawrence the, the genesis of this grift here. So Hendrix, he had a billionaire father who's moved to Sydney and cut his son off. He's like, you need to learn the ways of the world. You're not going to get any more handouts from, from Papa. So Hendrix has moved in with the Kennedys mm-hmm. and immediately is broke. And he doesn't want to do hospo work. It's too good. He's too good for it. Right. And he's so broke so fast that he gets embroiled in Jay Rebecca, who's Toadie's nephew. He's like, I got a guy, I got it, mate. I, we can, I can count cards, and we can play blackjack. Jay, Jay's very smart, and he goes to a very fancy school, boarding school up in Sydney, and he's learnt a lot. I'd say from his uh, classmates. Now he c- could have been probably a contender to be in sucker. Like he could, yeah, you know, right. It sounds like he could have fallen into that kind of life style. Which is, elements have come from your own story, Lawrence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to give us the Cliff Notes version of mm. h- how you went on the road with yeah. your card schemes? So, Sucker was a movie 
based on a stage show, based on all of these things that I love. And the whole idea is that it's about a, a young guy, could be like Jay, yep. who is smart, you know, cheats at his exams and things like that. <laughs> Not to say that I did cheat at my exams, but that's another life, another that's time. potential. Yeah, look, the statute uh, of limitations on that has passed. <laughs> yeah, very much has, has passed. It was down in the era of the Lim family. That's how long yeah. ago it was. <laughs> yeah, and so the, sh- the show involves uh, a, a young guy travelling down the eastern seaboard, scamming people with card scams and cons and griffs. So when I saw this episode, I was like, oh, this is going to be excellent. I can't wait to see how Neighbours would pull a con. Mm-hmm. Can Neighbours do a good con movie? And I have to say, uh, when I watched that clip of Jay teaching the card counting, it was very funny because it's, it's meant to make Hendrix and the viewer go, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Well, it did because I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. But it's simple, isn't it? It's just up, down, up, down with the figure you start off with. Yeah, yeah. So essentially um, Jay's trying to teach him about the values of a running, uh, a running count. So basically in a game of blackjack, it, it's quite interesting because blackjack's one of those games where the cards you throw out of a game can affect um, what happens next in the game, meaning you're not shuffling after each hand no. and resetting things for probability. It's actually everything has an effect. So when cards are discarded, you know which cards have been discarded. Okay. So as the cards are being dealt out, you can see them what the faces are. And what a card counter does, they mm. simply add values to what those cards are in their head. So That's the bit that seems like sorcery to me. Yeah, yeah, you have it's, to be able to do fast doing, maths. You're not doing like major sums. It's, you know, you're just adding on minus or holding it. Yeah, yeah. so you're adding one. Oh, in the low-high version of um, card counting, you're just either adding one or subtracting one. So essentially what it is is that there are good cards and there are bad cards. Okay. And the good cards are... 10, Jack, Queen, King, and Ace. They're the cards that, that will be favourable to the uh, the player. Because you can add up to 21 quickly. You can add up to 21 quickly, and then you can just stop. You don't want to go over yeah. 21. You want to get as close to 21 as possible. Or By stop, we mean shaking your head and making a gesture with your hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wax on, wax off gesture. <laughs> as we saw those extras do. I think they were basically being coached from the sides. Just do this. What? Cut? No, no, just wave your hands. Um, so essentially there's also uh, cards you don't want to get, which are the low cards, like, you know, two, three, four. And they advantage the, uh, the dealer. So you don't want those cards. So they're, they're the cards that have a different value. Also, there's the middle cards, like, you know, six, seven, and eight, neutral. They don't advantage the dealer or the player. So as the cards are getting dealt out and you can see what they are, you start making a running count in your head a running total adding or subtracting so can you give me an example of the commentary that might be in your head like oh, so we've got like three queens we've got a seven we've got a here we go basically i mean i'm not a card counter i'm a card mechanic so oh, i'll tell oh, you about hello. that a bit later card with, mech you're yeah. the um you're the charlene charlene robinson Charlene Mitchell. Charlene Mitchell of cards. Yes, yes charlene mitchell of cards uh, essentially what it means is if, if i was the dealer i can cheat so I can control the places of the cards and deal them out to people, the cards that I want to deal for them mm. and cards that I want to deal to myself. Because I don't get because I'm like, if this is something that people can do and can count, then the game should allow people, it should reward but people's skill. The, the people who are good at it get banned yeah, from yeah. casinos. Or um, living rooms. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, if you're caught card counting in some casinos, in some you know districts or states of America, it's seen as... Well, the casino can stop you playing, yeah. but in other casinos, like in you know Atlantic City, there was a, a ruling in I think 1979 or somewhere around the late 70s where they said, "No, it's a game skill. 
and yeah. therefore yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, as a game of skill, um, and they took it to maybe the Supreme Court, or anyway, they took it to the Supreme Court of that state, and the, they decided yes, players are allowed to card count because um, essentially it is just doing maths and the, and this game or, or lying very well <laughs> or lying very well pretending you can do maths. So essentially, what you're doing is you're keeping a running count as as the cards are being dealt out, and then that gets converted to what's called a true count because what you're doing is you're using a running count and you're putting it uh, dividing it by the number of uh, decks of cards left in the mm. play. Um, listener, if you can picture my face or, or <laughs> what the interior of my brain looks like right now, you're correct. It's it's potato salad in there. And this becomes the true count, and the true count is what tells you whether the hand that's coming up next is possibly favouring you or disadvantaging you, and then you bet according to that. Or the, or the likelihood that your opponent has a good hand or not. Yes, that's correct. Uh, the dealer yeah. has a good hand oh, or okay. not. Yeah. So it's you versus the dealer. Right. Ve, I remember in one of the more recent episodes, Hendrix came unstuck because Kane introduced a fourth deck mid-game because he yes. was right. onto the, onto the yes. scam. And okay. so Jay, Jay suddenly was like, we've got to shut this down. I can't count with four decks in the mix. And Jay's oh, well, like, he's, nah, he's changed, we'll He's changed the probability, hasn't he? Yeah, he's changed the probability. But, I mean, essentially he could still do it. Um, it's just that the, the true count has changed because you're still dividing it by the mm. number of decks that are in the game. So Obviously. You, you just have to change the quotient on it. However, if he's introduced it in the middle of a yeah. game – then it's just screwed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's introduced it into the end of the shoe that's holding all the cards. So essentially, we won't ever get to the, that deck of oh, the, the fourth um, deck. The, unless, Uno, the Uno Slammer machine, I the, call it. Yeah, the yeah. Uno Slammer machine, unless all the cards have been shuffled. Then we're completely mm. completely stuffed. The other element of this grift, Lawrence, is that because Hendrix is um, a few crowns short of a full box. <laughs> sandwiches short of a picnic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a, a few bits of gold jewellery short of a jewellery box. Short of a bevels. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Jay said, look, all right, let's forget about it. I'll do the counting and you'll come with me mm-hmm. and I will do hand signals, very subtle hand signals. Yeah, I'll, I'll clasp my hands together when I want you to hold. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think Hendrix fully remembered which signal was which. <laughs> um, so that's what uh, usually that's- happens in... For example, the MIT team who went round uh, the casinos around the world winning blackjack and it was, you know, featured in the movie 21. Mm. So essentially you play as a team. So there's people who are known as, I think, the spotters. So they're doing the running counts and doing all the hard, brutal maths. There are players called the controllers and they're people who test out the maths by doing small bets to see whether it, it wins or loss. And, oh, yeah, that's verified. Okay, that's Ah, good. And then they signal to uh, the big players to put in the big mm. cash yeah. at the right time. So particularly if you're a spectator, another player isn't going to pick up the, the signals. Yeah, they? well, there's at casinos there are people standing mm. by as spectators yeah. watching, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but so it's our, not like there's six people at the table and someone's just constantly grabbing their yeah, hands. <laughs> but, but our players, Hendrix and Jay, at a home game, at, at you know their underground home games, um, anyone could be watching the two of them. And you just you watch in the montage – they're giving each other eyes, and if you turn the sound down and you didn't know what they were playing cards, <laughs> you would think that they're about to bang in the next scene. Like, they, well, I think that's what the community is hoping for because <laughs> they're relying on that chemistry. So it's essentially a fan fiction episode, yeah. really. Um, so what's happening there is obviously they're giving each other hand signals, um, not very convincing hand signals, but more convincing than the extras saying "stay" or or, or quit or yeah. wax off. And 
a few times when Hendrix has gone rogue, because he's got a taste for blood now. He's, oh, I see. He's, he's, he's doing well. He's making well, some he money. He was for a while, and he, he just couldn't stop. He, he got he got he, on a roll. Well, he only won the first time because Jay was feeding him. Yeah, and then what, he got what, what to do. But then he got addicted. He got and he's he, like oh, he became a gambling addict immediately. <laughs> um, then when Jay was trying to tell him, look, I can't help you, Hendrix is like, oh, I got, I got this, I got this, mate. And so he's um, saying, and I've got like, this without yeah. his help. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You taught me at the start. I'll finish it. And then Jay couldn't re- resort to hand signals, so he just started going, "Are you sure you want to make that bet?" <laughs> <laughs> You have to stop playing. I can't. You heard Kane. I'm barely breaking even, and you've already borrowed so much from Kane already. All the more reason I need to keep trying to clear it. That doesn't make sense. I'm trying to avoid a bullet here, remember? Okay? So they can't let on that they know each other. So like in the episode we mm-hmm. watched on Monday, when um, – so Hendrix is already $10,000 in the hole, and it gets – the debt gets so huge, and – what was the the moment where Jay's like, um, I need some fresh air? And then they go around the back and <laughs> meet at the right. other house. Yeah, the fact that they're meeting on the same street that they all live. Yeah, and trying to pretend that they, these two eighteen year old boys don't know each other. Yeah, is it's flimsy. So Hendrix is ten thousand dollars in debt to Fight Club Kane, who he he ran a Fight Club ring, went to jail, is out of prison now. Was this in the last few episodes? Uh, <laughs> last last year, twenty nineteen. Oh, and yeah. they brought him back. Yeah, because he looks like a bit of a bad boy. Yeah. Now he's doing community service at the foundation. At Toadie's, um, like, op shop, I guess. Well, like, he's painting fences. (laughs) He's Picking up trash. He's sorting, like, clothes donations for, yeah, the op shop that we've never heard of. Well, it's Toadie's. They're delivering them to Toadie's charity for his late wife. And I guess they're going to sell them, I don't know, maybe they've made a Facebook page and they're going (laughs) to sell these clothes (laughs) some way. Marketplace. Yeah. So he's sorting through tank tops and stuff. And then he may, that's where he befriends Nicolette, mm. who um, is – she's got her own debt. She's up to pussy's bow in her own oh, debt. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, so, okay, she stole a scratchy off a dying patient, she and another woman. She and, and now, another nurse. Oh, my God. Now somehow she owes 50 grand. There I, was some legalese I didn't fully understand. I'm sorry. I thought she only owed 25 grand. She did, and then something happened, and then the the guy she owes it to wrote so the, a letter. The, the son of the dead patient um, hit her up in decent proposal style. Yep. Now, as she said herself, I'm pregnant and I'm a lesbian. So there's, so there's many reasons why I'm not going to go through with yeah. this deal. I'm not having sex with a man. <laughs> um, and he has cracked the shits and done extra lawyering, and now she has to pay. I think it was like emotional distress. Oh. So he's like doubled it. Is so, that a valid thing? Look, I don't what? know. It was on letterhead. What do I know? But, <laughs> it's neighbours. Yeah. So she's in for $50,000 and she's trying to work extra shifts everywhere. Which, I, yeah, and volunteer at the foundation. Yeah. Or is that part of her community service? No, that's no? part of her um, good karma. Like she's trying to w- oh get in the good God. graces of David, who is angry that <laughs> he's having she, her baby. She did have a good karma moment there when she wanted to grab the, the top she, she was sorting. But then she's like, no, I'm going to be good and not steal from... And it's like, just take that stained yeah. blouse. You know what? Slip Toadie five bucks yeah. and pull it even. <laughs> Give um, him the scratchy. <laughs> buy him a new scratchy. And so she's become buddies with Fight Club Kane. And he notices that Tim Collins is on her phone and he's famous around town as... The, being the competent lawyer. Yeah. Because to- mm. Toadie's the other lawyer. Yeah. Okay. The incompetent lawyer. And right. And he's like, well, you must be in a bit of financial strife. I'm running a blackjack ring. 
come and play. And I love this. I love that they've threaded into her character that she's just naturally good at cards. Yeah, that's great. That's he's, great. He's, Which one was she on the table? The redhead. She came in later in the week. Oh, you may okay. not have seen I this, Lawrence. I haven't seen this, yeah. no. But is, is Kane running like the bloody um, Tupperware of, <laughs> of games? Surely if you're trying to get people to play your blackjack game, you want people with money, not people who are absolutely skint. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Unless he thinks they're all gambling addicts. And they've just got no sense of the rules of the game. They're just going to throw money at the problem and get even further. Lawrence, I've got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you think a game with a $300 buy-in would be illegal to play at home? Uh, People can play with any amount they want to for an, uh, for a buy in i i imagine that some places would you know just as your local thursday night you, yeah. some people would be playing the 10 dollar games but there'll be other people out there who reckon that they are a bit you know fancy a bit fancy or you know some dudes have watched too much like you know poker movies you know they've seen rounders a few times and they think <laughs> oh yeah we've got this they've got their cigars on a thursday night or they've played um they play the the pc version yeah like, yeah like, yeah I can, I can do it i can, I can do, do it. this I, I can do I, this i feel like they why are they having such clandestine games yeah why is it underground i don't know i think maybe in Erinsborough it's just illegal to do gambling <laughs> um i certainly know for, for some places like um you see people when they exchange money. Like these are like, mm. you know, little shop fronts where you see, you know, old men playing cards. You know, mm. They're from Eastern European background. S- Sydney Road style. Yeah, yeah. Playing cards and, you know, having having a ball. But then when they have to exchange money, they stand outside the doorstep. Ah. Uh, I guess so then it doesn't make it they're, – they're just doing a loan. Mm. They're not yeah. – And I guess because gambling. you do have to have a licence to run a gaming venue and mm. to you have to apply to the um, this is like minor a gaming party, unit. This you'd think. Yeah, maybe they're they're not really playing with, like, you know, toothpicks and cheesels like I used to (laughs) at parties. I got a lot of cheesels. That's where Hendrix should have started, like, with, you know, with Nellie and Hugo at Toadie's um, Kids and (laughs) start there. How's Kane making any money when he was, like, he was, like, hiring a hotel room for the initial games? Oh, right. Yeah, you showed me that that photo, Mm. like, the... The art direction in that scene looks a lot better than the scene that I saw at, this week. At number 24, where yeah. they've dimmed the lights in the living room. Yeah, and, and the green mat was just, like, creased. <laughs> it's like the table. It looked like one of those flip-top out tables, and they hadn't put the top down, and it, it was uneven. Yeah, it's yeah. Probably from Aldi. <laughs> yeah, Aldi. Now, so now Kane expects... So Hendrix stole a necklace. Long story. He stole a necklace, and he tried to... Give it to Kane as his payment to square his debts, and Kane's like, "Not the necklace that he's wearing. Not his own. Not the one that he rubs and chews while staring at Jay. Like a like a tennis player, like a pro tennis player. (laughs) Got to touch this three times for luck. He should be like a sixty year old man with silver chest hair. (laughs) So he sold his dad's old diamond necklace that he was throwing around town, but you know, Kane wouldn't accept it as payment. So he's like, "No, that you're not clear from your debt. Plus, you have to host all the games." But now his stepmom Chloe, she wants to sell this house because she's it's her divorced oh, she life. wants to rent it out. Yes, she wants to rent it. So she's got people touring the place and Hendrix, his cover to host his games there, he's like, I've got to go use the pool. So f- four times a day, he's got to check if the pool's free. <laughs> I don't get, why don't they just go to the hive? Why Can't, don't just make an Airbnb? Just get a venue. Just, just do like bloody like yoga in the park style. Just have it at the, in the murder retreat. Actually, retractor. one of those patrons looks a bit like he's there to play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. Put some capes on. Get some cosplay you know, going. 
and then no one will ask any further questions. I'll just say, oh God, we'll just just avoid. <laughs> Get um, don't shower for a couple of days, and people won't go near you guys. <laughs> so then the big escalation. So uh, essentially, there was a moment where I think. Jay had a chance to split. So I think he had something like two jacks or two queens or something in front of him. Which adds up to 20? Adds up to 20, but he got, he decided to split, which, which means that it gives him two chances. So when uh, he got another two cards, well, one card for each of those royals, and it made it up to something like 18 and 19. Yeah. So he's sitting high. He's sitting pretty good. and He's got two chances to win. Um, or it gave him an extra chance to win. And so Kane was saying, okay... Uh, I've got a very low chance of winning here, so why don't you bet the house on it? You want a chance to up your bet? Nah, nah, I'm good. Are you kidding? This could be your payday. Okay, how about this? If you win, all your debts are cleared. What? In the very unlikely event I win, I get this house. You're out of your mind. There's no way. (laughs) I'd take it. Do you think in that moment that Kane knew he had... Kane seemed like he knew that he w- he had one up on Hendrix. Yes. He was playing him. But also, like, the odds, you know, the actual bet that he had on in terms of what what was at risk for him was only, like, what, 10 grand or something? Whereas he could, or he could win a house. He could either wipe the debt, which is nothing really. Yeah. It's kind of theoretical, or he could win a house. Yeah, wipe the debt or win a house that he couldn't possibly win because Hendrix <laughs> has no no ownership of it. He's like, I can't give you the house, but I can knock a, I can knock a hundred bucks off the rent per week if you want. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the stakes should have been all I break your legs. Yeah. yeah that would yeah. be more realistic. Yeah. So, Lawrence, what you missed last week is that Hendrix got some mail. Happy mail. He opens the envelope and there's a golden bullet in there. Okay. So, there's the threat of violence. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. He should have said, I can wipe your debt or, and he puts another bullet on the table. <laughs> and, and Hendrix is like, you know, I can open my own craft stall. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> so Kane um, dealt out 21 and yeah, he won right. the game. You're up shit creek then. And then the, the neighbours, you know, music ding, 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 played <laughs> and we faded to black and the theme song came on, which was really happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always happy. Always Underscoring sunny. the tone that was just set up there. And not much happens with the whole oh, crap, I've just lost the house thing, till later in the week. So Nicolette befriends Kane and he's like, you've got money troubles. Come around to my scam that I've got going, which is I host Blackjack and teenagers yeah. serve drinks like Bart Simpson and, and the burlesque house. I don't even know. Is Kane getting a cash of the buy-in? It's- I, I think that Kane is definitely running a scam. Yeah. For sure. Um, and mainly because in, you know, con artist movies, there has to be some sort of turn or some sort of comeuppance. Mm. And it's going to happen to Kane eventually at the end. But right now in this situation, we've seen um, what's happened in all of these movies, especially in heist movies. If someone explains the scheme, the scheme's going to go wrong. So Jay explaining, this is how card counting works. <laughs> these are how the signals are going to work. And then it works for, you know, the first act. Yeah. The second act, it has to go bad. Yeah. It's where we're at now. He's lost the house, theoretically, yeah. in this card game, uh, which means that in the third act, there's going to be a lot of tricky-dicky stuff happening. Okay, yeah. uh, we'll probably find out, this is what I think, is that Kane is somehow gaming the system. He mm. has marked cards. Um, he somehow has some way of knowing, you know, or he has a card 
accounting background or someone giving him advice, probably an app. There'll be some sort of neighbour's scratchy ticket, convenient, legalese way of just having him, you know... You know, last time there was a scratchy ticket story on neighbours before this one. There's been two scratchy (laughs) tickets. It was the 7,000th episode, the big 7,000th episode. And Carl Kennedy won $7,000 on a scratchy, but he lost it somewhere in Toadie's house. And Toadie was in the middle of hosting a nudist luncheon. (laughs) He had a a naturist um, client Mm. who decided to come for lunch. He wanted to cozy up to him. And it was all very carry-on movie with like people holding props to cover their their bits. Pop plants and everything. And then Carl found it stuck to Toadie's bum. Ah, uh, there you go. So they've got form in the scratchy area um, and the, the itchy areas. But the, the the fly in the ointment is Nicolette. So uh-huh. she... Look, she's a lady of loose ethics. Yeah. She was actually living with Hendrix's family as his step-grandmother's nurse. Right. But then she got the horn for Chloe, which his is step-mom. understandable. Yeah. And oh. there's, there's a bit some bad blood in that family. Um, Chloe's, Chloe's bisexual and um, The Bachelor was very threatened by this. Mm. So do you think there's some way that they're trying to scam Hendrix's dad oh, for well, the big the, money? I mean, he was stupid enough to reveal pretty early on, oh, my dad's a billionaire. Look him up, Google him. And so Kane, anytime Hendrix is stalled, like, I can't pay you, he's like, uh, tell your dad to give you yeah, a car or yeah. something. Like, tell your dad to make a transfer. He's like, oh, yep. I'm just waiting for him to get back to me. He's in a meeting. I mean, Kane's basically onto a whale, what he thinks is a potential whale. Yep. So I, I guess that's why he can, like, bring in Nicolette to yeah. try and fleece some more off. Right. So mm. she comes in and she's like, all right, text me the address. And he's like, 24 Ramsey Street. She's sitting in. 26 Ramsey Street or whatever it is. And she's like, hang on. She looks at Chloe. She's like, have you have you rented this place out? She's like, no. She's like, All right. Heads on over there, walks in. Her little teenage friends open the door. Okay. What if Kane confides his um, scheme to Nicolette? Yes. Oh, yeah. He's like, yep. And then yep. we'll work it together here. Yep, totally. And then oh, Nicolette will pretend to win the house off Kane. Uh, yes. And then she can take her mask off and go, ha-ha, I'm on the side of this idiot. And then Chloe's in the background going, none of you schmucks owns this house. <laughs> <laughs> My name is on the deed. So um, she hangs back after the game and she basically grabs the teenagers by the scruffs of their necks and is like, what the flipping heck's going on around here? And they're like, well, you can't tell anyone because we'll tell David and Aaron that you wanted to play illegal blackjack and you're not an unfit mother-to-be. So that's where we're all at. Yeah, she's got she's got a problem with the truth when it comes to her baby daddies. So she's trying to turn over a new leaf yeah. on that front, isn't she? So she almost outs Hendrix because everyone's very worried. His girlfriend's very worried. Yep. Which, by the way, Harlow, just back off a little bit. Like, you finished year 12 two weeks ago. Like, what are you going to do? What's your plan? What are you going to... It's like, just... He wants six weeks to kick around by the pool. Like, let him... He just doesn't know he's $50,000 in debt. The thing is, he's been cut off by his billionaire dad, but he has led a billionaire's son lifestyle all his life up to this point. And I think it's pretty shit of his dad to just cut off the Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. cord at this point. If you were going to advise them, Lawrence, on (laughs) running a better scam... Right, for who to win? For Kane to win or for Nah, who? nah. We, Kane's fine. He's got a lot of hobbies. He can yeah, go back to right. fight, he can open the fight club back up again if he wants. Um Hendrix as a charismatic young chap. Yeah. And he doesn't want to do hard labor. Yeah. How can he get the grift on to get some extra cash? <sighs> without maths. Without maths, without Jay. Yeah. Without Jay in his pocket. Oh, listen, I feel like he needs to just um, calm down a little bit. You know, w- what's the big rush? He's 
Yes, Susan can spot your next month's board, Hendrix. Exactly. So his his entire, I guess his aim was, I'm going to have a job by the time Susan comes back from Queensland, oh, is well, that it? Yeah, yeah, he has to, because that, that was her That was the agreement, okay. Yeah. Otherwise, what, he's out on his ear? Like, what? Oh, he has to go to Sydney, and he doesn't want to leave his girlfriend behind. But now he's Which, by the way, I, I don't want to go to Sydney, so I can kind of see why he doesn't Yeah, yeah, don't want to go to Sydney versus being $10,000 in debt <laughs> at minus someone else's house. <laughs> like, I think he's really got himself here. Plus, you've stolen a necklace, too, at this point. He could just... See, the thing is, he has no... In terms of stakes, because there's no sort of threat of violence other than maybe a bullet that was posted to him as, as quite a laughable threat... He could literally just catch a plane and go to Perth. Mm. <laughs> he he could go to he could go anywhere. Yeah. But they're kind of implying that he's so bad at making money that he he could not live if he wasn't with you know Susan and his girlfriend. And, yeah, he'd last a day in Perth. Right, right, okay, okay. Because <laughs> he can't do retail. He doesn't want to work at the burger joint down the road. That's what he should do. He yeah. should just you know literally swallow his pride. And just flip some burgers. Also, we find out later in the week that there's this lip-syncing event coming up to raise money for the Sonia Rebecca Foundation, a lip-sync battle. And they're having um, Hendrix and Harlow host it because they see a spark in Hendrix. They're like, he can host a gig. Yeah. Oh, I see what's going to happen. What? You reckon he's going to – what is it, a fundraising event? Yeah. Is it? Okay, so he can't win money from it, can he? Is he going to steal from the till? From the till? Oh, he's already stolen the bloody necklace that was being auctioned off. Yeah, because the stakes are high in his eyes and he feels like he needs to, yeah. But my thinking is if he's that confident that um, local hoteliers are hiring him for their events, yeah, he could do that as a job. Yeah, yeah. The only way he can kind of win this is if he catches Kane. And whoever else is, who's not Chloe, who's the other, Nicolette, Nicolette yes. catches them red-handed in something and then decides to blackmail them his way out of this. But he can't blackmail Nicolette. She's got nothing. <laughs> Black, blackjack blackmail. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, well, it's, it's all very stressful. Meanwhile, the other thread in this episode was Sheila's big scheme to this is Colette Mann's character, Sheila Canning, she's broken up with Clive, who you might remember Clive Gibbons mm-hmm. from the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, a while back. But he's found love with Annie Jones's character playing Jane Superbrain. This is, all the 80s characters are back. Right. And later in the week we have Des and... And, um, and Melanie. Melanie Pearson, who had like the goose laugh. I'm wondering how it is that he knew you were here before I did. Oh, don't you know? He was stalking me. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't stalking. Yeah, at the end of the card game, it cut to what's going to happen next. And I was like, what? Have we switched back to the 80s? Like, <laughs> where, where's the card game now? You've got you to keep the long-term fans in. Yeah. They're not here for, yeah. you know, Well, Grifton. I think they went for like a good, you know, 15 years without bringing back heritage characters. Yeah. And now they bring them back at any yeah. chance, which I love. It's wonderful. It's like, a, it's like a scratchy. It keeps yeah. coming back. <laughs> you think you've thrown it out. You, it turns out it was stuck to Tony's ass. It stuck to Tony's ass the whole time. So Jane and Clive are the hot new item, but because Sheila's had a heart attack, because Des yelled at her, everyone feels guilty. Des feels indebted to, to her. Everyone's in debt to everyone, and Clive is, says to, to Jane, well, let's put our relationship on pause till Sheila's on the mend. Weak. <sighs> weak manoeuvre. Yeah. Because she's... She's clearly, she's, look, God loves Sheila, but she's very manipulative as well. She's essentially orchestrating everything from her deathbed, from her yeah. hospital bed. 
And she's made Des cancel his Perth flight so he can stay and just spy on and just drive a wedge between jobs. Because he might be in with a chance with Jane, basically. So Melanie comes in to have lunch with her old pals and she's now throwing her two cents in, which is like Clive's a dog and get rid of him. The best part of it was when um, you hear kind of very faintly Melanie's honking laugh and Paul Robinson just goes, well, he has like a shiver run down his spine. And he's like, Who, what? And and then when I was reading on Wiki, he had a one-night stand with her. Oh, oh that was a nice moment. And then mm. they just missed each other as they walked yeah, he's around the corner. From her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really had it with Sheila. I just don't think, don't belittle yourself, Sheila. This is, there's no dignity left. If no. You, you don't want to get Clive back this way. and Because he, he will find out that she's orchestrating this and then he'll be back they'll be back to square one he'll be like no you're underhanded and I don't want a bar of that yeah I mean like you mentioned last week there's a man drought mm. middle-aged man drought in Erinsborough and we just need to find another handsome chap for her now there's another major plot this week it's the ceramic snag storyline the ceramic pig plot line is um the C storyline that's it's not the marquee storyline of the week but it's also there and there's a... I think it's one of the local councillors, isn't it? And she is judging the Erinsborough's um, Dish of the Year. The best the, dish, the, yeah. The Dish of Erinsborough. It reminds me of back when we first started the podcast six years ago and they were having a cake competition. And there was... Yeah, oh, Susan Kennedy's... Coconut cream pie. <laughs> that was an episode title. Yeah. That was, yeah. And now we're doing it with savoury dishes. So you've yeah. got um, Paul's entered... Well, he's a man after CJ's heart. He's outsourced his dishes. He's got Lassiter's... Um, the well, terrace restaurant. They have the best duck in Melbourne. Yeah, the duck. <laughs> so he's entered the duck breast from <laughs> the affair suite and um, whatever the terrace is dished up. Um, Harold's, is it the deconstructed taco? No, Dippy's put forward the beetroot burgers. The uh, ones uh, yeah, yeah. Where, the, where the affair began because yeah, she taught um, Pierce how to, I don't know, yeah. great of a beetroot. And Coil at the number 82 tram restaurant. It's gone for Gary Canning's cooked snacks. And because we had a very long and entendre-filled storyline about Gary Canning's um, superior sausages. Uh-huh. The thread continues past his death. But G- Gary was killed earlier last year by Millsy. Yeah. Bow and arrow to the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, Goodbye sausage. Yeah. So, But they've dug the recipe up, Calls recreating it, and Roxy, his girlfriend's helping him put together the mushroom gravy – and she doesn't like mushrooms, but she still should know that you shouldn't pick mushrooms yeah. off of the side of the road I'm for in a, cooking. I'm in like a local gardening Facebook group and quite often people will post pictures of mushrooms and there's always someone who says, oh, you know, well, all mushrooms are edible at least once. <laughs> <laughs> so she cooked, they cooked like six litres of gravy there. That was a lot of gravy. I'm really perplexed. Who is actually doing the cooking at the tram if Coyle can't make snags and gravy? And he didn't even have sausage casings. Roxy had to go get them from a sustainable butcher. Oh, oh crikey. <laughs> um, big issue I've had with this tram is that their kitchen is the middle third of the old W-class tram. Mm, mm. The other thing that actually brought me a lot of joy is Paul just taunting Kyle, just ringing him up and going, how's your dish going? And just really twisting the knife like... Calls like, oh, it's my dead dad's memory, and and Paul's just trying to um, psych him out. Oh, I was just checking in to see how your beast resistance is going. You're being a tool. Yeah, <laughs> you really got no idea, have you? 
Mate, I have got a great chance of winning this thing. If you're that confident, then you won't mind if I tag along to what you're judging, eh? No, as if, Paul. That was fun. I really enjoyed that. I like Paul when it's low stakes villainy. I don't like it when he's actual, like, emotionally abusive. But I enjoy when he's just, you know, throwing someone off their game for the day. Yeah, just a little bit of bullying. Yeah. A bit of negging. Low level. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the kitchen takes up the middle third of the tram. Um, and they've also got their cash register in there. Plus, they've also got a vintage cash register right beside it. What's the deal with that? So then everyone sits outside to eat their meals. Yeah, how big is this tram? What's a W class? It's it's not big. Why Um, would you not have the kitchen in like an annex and make the tram the eating experience? Oh, imagine if you went to the tram restaurant and you saw them making sausages in front of you. I'd be like, I never want to eat again because that is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. That of gravy, madam? (laughs) Gravy, that's fine. I don't want to see somebody squeezing meat slop into sausage casings. Um... But then this lovely judge comes by to have her tasting and no one has sampled the gravy because they're a bunch of amateurs and they're serving food that they haven't even tasted, which is the poisonous mushroom sauce. And so she eats, the judge eats this, then goes to the water hole and eats Paul's meal. Uh-oh. And then in the next scene, she's chucking her guts up. And that's the big cliffhanger into next week. Well, let's hope she just doesn't die because mushrooms do, do kill people. Yeah. That's horrifying. You don't, generally don't just get sick from them. And that's, she was a wonderful person of colour. Yeah. And <laughs> she, they just immediately they killed off. She had a speaking role. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you came in, you had your day on air, and then you were killed by mushrooms. You read the script and you're like, oh, great, this is my big chance. What? I have, to some, I have to vomit and, <laughs> oh, I'm not in next week. Um, Becky and Avery in the Neighbours Council had a great chat, wondering how we were supposed to buy that Roxy just wouldn't know she'd used poison mushrooms. I guess a lot of things with Roxy can be explained away by the fact that she's from Darwin. But can I also discuss that Gary Canning's actual sausages have been in the freezer for seven months and they're like, oh, yeah, that'll be all right. No. It's, no. no, I'm team they're no. going to be all right. It's no, fine. No Google, shade, guys. No, no shade. meat goes off in the freezer. Like you're not meant to – I Googled it. You're not meant to have them in yeah, – you're not eat meant them to. after two months. You're not meant to, but people seven, do. Seven, yeah, and then those people end up violently vomiting as well. It's fine. I've got so many – I've had a baby last year. There are lots of meals that came in and out of my freezer, and I have no problem eating. <laughs> I have no problem hanging on to them. Uh, Becky said she found Roxy's stupidity with the mushrooms so uncomfortable to watch. No one would be that dumb. They literally had to bring Clancy the dog back out of retirement to illustrate that only a dog would be stupid enough to go near the dirt mushrooms. Um, it would have made more sense if Paul had tricked her into thinking that Gary grew his own mushrooms there, which is that's a lovely touch. I appreciate that. There's just no supermarkets in Aaronsboro. No, yeah. Harold's was out of mushrooms, I guess. But just do a normal gravy then. Get the gravy. Gravy. <laughs> <laughs> and the only other thing I will say for Patreon, Kate, is shamey. Oh yeah, yeah. The big. I, I, I was I was teasing Lawrence before, but saying they were mid hump. Yeah. Toadie's brother, Shane Rebecca, and Jacinta Stapleton's character they've brought back from the 90s. There you go. Uh, She's in Sucker in my movie. Well, what is she? What's her role in she that? She plays a uh, the head of the, the final card game. She's running it. Oh. And you've actually got another connection to Yashvi's. Yeah. To yeah. Yashvi, Olivia yeah. Junkia. O- Olivia's in a TV show coming out on 
ABC soon called Why You Like This. Awesome kind of like millennial, millennial style uh, comedy. Very, very funny. I play a very minor character in it. I, I play an IT guy. Um, she's one of the leads with, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. An IT guy would be perfect for Erinsborough, I reckon. Because there's, they often, whenever there's a, um, like a, Cyber crimes that. unit that plot. They always just turn to the local eighteen year old and yeah, like Bailey. Pl- Bailey knew all about the darknet. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the other week, they said to Harlow, "Like, can you show me how to make a face uh, an Instagram event where only one person can see it?" She's like, "Okay." <laughs> we need an IT guy to come and pick up all those threads. It's certainly not me, but I always get typecast as either doctors or IT guys. Because so. <laughs> you were the doctor on Offspring. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Dr. Elvis Kwan, that was me. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the, the, the bearded Asian guy, Asian doctor may have been cornered by David on the show. Yeah. Yes, yes. Have you also been on Play School? That, that, would, that would rule you out of taking David's role. I have been on the Play School, but the, just the story time version of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Reading Harry McClary. Oh my God. I, I know what my, I'll have an appointment with my children and the, the <laughs> ABC Kids app tomorrow. <laughs> so, what we do now, Lawrence, at this point in time, is we award Citizen or Citizen of the Week. Oh. So, you, you can give it to anyone. I am going to give Citizen of the Week, personally, to Clive Gibbons for putting poor Jane on pause, but also then just dropping everything to go to his ex-girlfriend's side and not having any regard for Jane's feelings and like letting the poor woman watch Antiques Roadshow on her own. Like, is there anything sadder? I've watched it on my own. No, but it is better (laughs) when you watch it and something surprising happens. You can turn around and you go, well. (laughs) I just like watching it. (laughs) Well, she was lonely and he was ordering lasagna for two. Share your goddamn lasagna. Yeah. That is a Shared meal. That is not a one person meal. You don't want to eat two serves of lasagna. Lasagna is a group meal. Clive, pull your socks up. Kate, do you have citizen or citizen? Um, I'm going to give my citizen to Melanie Pearson. Lovely. Yeah. Um, for coming in, for dropping some truth bombs about Clive Gibbons yep. and his poor behaviour. Just throwing judgment everywhere. I like it. Uh, keep it up, Melanie. I uh, give my citizen to the person sitting next to. I think it's Hendrix or at least Jay in that final card game scene. She was the person who was basically explaining to the audience what the hell was going on in Blackjack. (laughs) She was there for no other reason than to say, oh, that's very good. It means that you've got Kane over on a barrel, so keep betting. <laughs> you know, it was she was great. Seems like she should join forces with Hendrix or no, or Jay. Yeah, or Jay, and just sweep. Yeah, just win everything. Would you have split in that moment, or would have you held? I would have held. Yeah, you, you hold on twenty. Why would yeah. you split, I'll idiot? I'll be honest. You guys lost me forty-five minutes ago during the explanation. <laughs> just add one to that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unlikely that he's going to get to twenty-one. Oh, you know. Yeah, in the whole scheme yeah. of things. And also to 21 age-wise as well. <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to take him out. With a golden bullet. Um, well, Lawrence, thank you for – how did you feel fine diving back into the world of Erinsborough after all these um, years? Yeah, no, I found it really great. I mean, the last time I dived into it unintentionally was because someone had written fan fiction about me <laughs> and Toady, but that's probably a story for oh, another time. Oh, my God. How on earth? Like, hang on. Oh, this is the end of your can, podcast. Can, this is not a long story. Okay. Um, was uh, it er- what? erotic fan? Yeah, it was erotic fan fiction oh, on a forum Oh, my somewhere. God. 
Yeah. A, a character you played or? No, as in it re- literally wrote uh, Toadie and Television's Lawrence Lerner. <laughs> As if I have a trademark TM after that. <laughs> this is so um, disturbing. So there were three parts. So the first, it was discovered by my housemate. I don't know why they were Googling me. But anyway, the first part was about myself and Toad Fish Rebecca having a torrid love affair. <laughs> Second part, and, and, and it was written incredibly descriptive and also bad prose as as fan fiction as is. fan fiction is. there's some good fan fiction out there but a lot of it is not good it, look, but it was a uh, disturbingly compelling i was like were you saying look i'd never say it like that <laughs> yeah i was like that's not like me uh, <laughs> i've got sw- more suave moves <laughs> and then part two ended with me declaring that i'm pregnant with his child <gasps> amazing. <laughs> Something for the writers of Neighbours to yeah. put into the writers' room. Uh, and then, so I started touring uh, a stand-up, this is many years ago, I started touring a stand-up show talking about this fan fiction, reading excerpts out to the audience and just making gags about the bad writing and yeah. speculating who this author could be. E.L. Uh, James. No. <laughs> yeah, Dan Brown. And then um, as, when I went, was going to Brisbane, I got an email from the author <gasps> Saying I'm coming to see the show. Oh, no. oh gosh! Uh, so then I performed the show. Then afterwards, nervously waited around in the foyer, and uh, he introduced himself to me. It was a man? Well, yeah. Uh, and it was that kind of weird conversation where I mean, he was a lovely guy. Weird conversation where we're both kind of apologising to each other because um, he was like, you know, I'd never intended anyone to read it yet, let alone you seeing it. And I was kind of apologising, sorry, I was making fun of you and that you were a creep throughout this entire stand-up tour. And so, you know, it all turned out well, but then he got the final laugh because not too long after, part three uh, was published on that forum and I give birth to my child through my anus and I die of bleeding. So, <laughs> swings and roundabouts. Wow. Well, your, your face is just... No, what I'm actually picturing is Ryan Maloney learning about this because he's such a straight-laced chap. In my show, I for my show, I went to Ryan and I showed him (laughs) the fan fiction, and we filmed it. Um, What? uh, Hang on, a (laughs) reenactment. We had a camera crew with me, and I showed him the fan fiction, and he read it. And this was like the last bit of the show, and of course, there's a twist. It was actually a sketch. Where all of a sudden he and I start reenacting <laughs> <laughs> the, the very romantic dialogue. He's a very good sport in mm. in very neighbours style acting, and the lighting changes, and we stare off camera and all that. So it was <laughs> oh, he was epic. a great sport. It was really good fun to do, and um, yeah, uh, just it was wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you, Television's Lawrence Long. Um, <laughs> I am going to maybe get you to show me how to count cards now. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I'm now going to jump on one of these fan fiction forums. Uh, I've already, it. look, I'm Dude, on. We're, we're hopping on the Googs as soon as you yeah. like leave. I'll, bu- I'll put aside my SVU fan fiction <laughs> page that I like to read of an evening, Barbara Benson. And then to yeah. be killed at the end in childbirth. Yeah. I mean, that's a soap trope. Right? Yeah, yeah. There a, you go. There yeah. you go. Well, Lawrence, if people want to hang out with you online and not ever discuss that, where where should they find they you? They can find me on the internet uh, via uh, my Twitter, which is Lawrence underscore Lung, L-E-U-N-G. 
uh, or Instagram, Mr. Lawrence Lane. And Sucker is out there for people to watch. Yeah, yeah. You can you can find it from wherever good movies are torrented yes. and illegally downloaded from. <laughs> no, but I, you or can pay to watch it. You can pay to watch yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's on iTunes and uh, a few other YouTube, things. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube, maybe even, um, I think it's suckerthemovie.net mm. as well. It's one of the best like live shows I ever saw as oh, well. Thank it's you. Like, it was one of the first yeah comedy shows I saw way back in it was the, it was yeah. really um yeah it was really fun to do it was bizarre to just be able to stand on a stage and just go this is how you cheat at cards and people and actually thought that that was entertainment I once dressed up as a card to help you promote that show oh yes <laughs> yes when we had it at the comedy festival and I was in a sandwich board yeah, like a whole eight, bunch of yeah, people. The ten of we, diamonds. We or something. painted up the cards, yeah. and we see. There you go. There, there's a plot line. I kept that sandwich board for so many years, so many share houses. I'm like, I got to get rid of this thing. <laughs> you could have sold it as, uh, on a Patreon or something. Yeah, exactly. Up oh, to that guy, man. <laughs> I think he's collecting memorabilia. That's um, a really good way to learn how to card count: is to dress up as the cards. Oh yeah. I'm lying, but anyway. <laughs> no, but like cosplay would help me at this point in time. Yeah. Kate, where do you hang out? I'm at Remude on Twitter. CJ, our regular co-host, is CJ the Hot Mess Mum. And I'm Vase on Instagram. And we are Neighbours Council on Facebook. And patreon.com slash neighbourspod. The bum cake photo <laughs> is on the horizon. And, and in a couple of months, keep an eye out for our um, Nicola Charles excerpts. Oh, mate. Oh. I had my first drink since 2019 the other day. And I feel like I'm going to need my second <laughs> lot of alcohol for that situation. Keep safe, guys, and we'll chat to you next week. Thanks, Lawrence. Bye. Bye. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the dealing's done. <laughs>